Robbie Catter joining us back on Rural Queensland today. It's the 9th of October. You're with Ben Dobbin across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Mate, can we talk about last Wednesday and the conference that you held in Mount Isa around yeah. uranium mining and, and obviously nuclear? Um, w- for some known reason, uranium mining in, in the Queensland state is banned. Now, the Northern Territory yep. in South Australia, it's not. We know that. But you held a summit in Mount Isa that makes sense. We're going to run out of power. There's no two ways about it um, at some yep. point. Um, and I don't want to be negative about this, but this is an issue that is of great concern. Now, they can all go yeah. on with all their renewables, but as the days go on, we're seeing Tesla batteries catch on fire at Baldercombe. We're seeing more and more issues with lithium batteries catching a light, and this is not scaremongering, this is just fact. We have not got the test done. It is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous situation to try and reach an area and a target by 2030 that I don't think we can achieve. Now, in saying that, we have a real opportunity here. For some unknown reason, though, we once again have a government that just won't even won't even even think about the idea. Won't even think about it. Do not want to know about it. Now, you had a, a forum last week and a, a real meeting. Talk to us about that and talk to us about the opportunities that we have in Queensland that could just benefit the economy. Yeah, well, Australia has globally isolated itself on this issue and all our allies globally um either heavily marching down this road or um, or at least embracing it in some fashion. We're, we're the exception. We're the anomaly globally amongst our allies. And, and most of them, it's the same reason. They're falling off a cliff in rely, and reliability and supply. We're, um, we're on that point now of falling off a cliff and they've still got their head in the sand. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it really, it beggars belief how they think uh, they're going to get away with all this because it, it's it's going to hurt. Uh, there'll be a wrecking at some point. So um, and they they want to hate on coal, and uh, I I don't want to see any of the coal industry shut down. I think there's um, a life left, a lot of life left in that, and I think it's enormous hypocrisy that we're going to keep selling coal to other countries, but shut down our coal-fired power stations. But um, it, but in, in, notwithstanding, there's still an efficient form of base load power that we'll need and even if even if we didn't shut down one coal-fired power station we still need to expand our um, generating capacity and so say if you look at Mount Isa Northwest Mount Isa has as much consumption of energy or has the same draw on power as Townsville and Cairns combined yeah. so and that that's just mines driven that just tells you how much mines require for energy and we've got $750 billion worth of metal still on the ground in the Northwest Mineral Province, one of the most significant mineral provinces in the entire world. Now, that's a fact. So with, there's, there's terrific potential, especially with copper string, to be able to expand the mineral province. But you need more power stations. We've only got one power station, guys, at the moment, and we're highly constrained. So everyone loves having the debate about nuclear. And the first thing that Labor well, nuclear is banned, isn't it? Am I right saying in, in Australia nuclear, nuclear is totally, banned, is totally banned? And I don't think a lot of Australians are aware of this. I, I, I honestly no. don't. I, I think because it went, until I looked into it last week, 
I wasn't aware that, that we were totally banned. So yeah, they need to lift that ban. That, <laughs> that's no, a simple. Well, Dobbo, this is what Chris Bowen says. This was his. This he's flip flopped on the reasons. But the premier, I put a question to premier a few months ago, and she said, "Oh, who wants them back out?" And I said, "Well, we don't mind. North West yeah. will have a crack at it." Yeah. But then, then the next one they've said is, "It's just ridiculous. It'll cost too much." You go, "Okay," but that's not a reason to ban something. <laughs> you yeah. don't. You don't put a ban on Gucci handbags because they cost too much. Yeah, no, that's that's not a reason. Um, and then when you say cost too much, even if you follow that through, this is how so smart Chris Bowen is. I'm being sarcastic. He's a fool because he he said that nuclear will cost to roll out 390 billion to replace with coal fired power stations. It's way too expensive. What he forgot to tell, include in that comment was that his plan, even just to get to 2030 for his net zero by 2050, even to get to 2030 will cost 1.5 trillion. Jeez. And and that's even if it was practical. It's not practical to, to run it all by renewables. It's it's a it's a complete farce to hold net zero twenty fifty. Mind you, both sides of parliament signed up to it, but you can't achieve it without nuclear. It's just ridiculous. And you know, it's a little bit hypocritical to the the liberals going around saying, "Yeah, we need nuclear labour." Well, you guys are just there for ten years. Like <laughs> you didn't talk Never about did it, it. So you got Never opposition. Yeah. So. Everyone's got their hands dirty a little bit, but mate, it, look, it's just a practical thing. And you know, we'd build zinc refinery in, in Mount Isa if there was nuclear power. If you've got strong dispatchable base load that's efficient, and there's nothing else comes close to it, mate, can hold a candle to it. And you've got a nice uh, geologically stable place. So, to that end, I thought it was a good place to hold the forum. And we we collected some of the um, top minds on nuclear in the country, and uh, and that's a that's a big statement, mate. But it's, it's um, and there was Will Shackle, who's a young fellow, was on Q and I, who surprisingly, well, for a seventeen-year-old or sixteen, seventeen-year-old, is um, spoke really well on the better speakers. Stuart Ballantyne, who's um, big in shipping, so nuclear is already really big in shipping around the world, and he gave a really interesting address. Um, Dr. A.D. Pat- Patterson, Peterson, yep. one of the um, Patterson, he's one of the, uh, um, he's probably you know the highest end. Um, of on nuclear energy in Australia, um, academics in that way, um, Stephen Professor Stephen Wilson from UQ, and and um, uh, James Reynolds, another uh, industry participant, and Trevor St Baker, who's one of the biggest energy owners in the country, uh, spoke. So it was a really really good field of speakers, and um, and really everyone was just saying this is nuts, um, and they were doing it in a really almost too technical way, but just saying we've really got to go down this road. It's, it's it's uh, inevitable. We can't avoid it, and it's just a matter of uh, government sucking it up. So, yeah, we're just trying to play our part in that and um, start the conversation. And, and Mount Isa would be a really good place to start the industry. So, and um, we had it out there, and I think it went really well, mate. Do you think that we've got ourselves with twenty thirty? And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I, to me, there's no way we reach it. And just by the way we're heading, uh, I mean. Unless they just and and they've done this in a little way, and I and I'm I appreciate you giving me some time this morning, and I, I do want to get move on from this in a second. But with 2030, what they've done is they've just said, well, look, if you want to build something that's a renewable, we'll give you a green light, no matter where you are, what you are. And we've seen that at Calliope with solar farms, we've seen yeah. that 70 k from the Great Barrier Reef, we've seen that with wind farms north of uh, Rockhampton. Like, they don't care, mate. Clear the way. You you know, don't worry about the reef. No, no, no. We just want to get this yeah. done. So unless somebody pulls them up and there's a change of government that's got to happen, Rob, and we know that. Yeah. Like, because the laws 
for anybody with who wants to 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 get to this target. If you want to put renewables, it's a free rite of passage. You don't have to you don't have to abide by anything, anything that's going on. Which is, it's a scary, scary situation, mate. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I had a funny conversation a close friend that's um, that's heavily engaged in the renewables industry, and I don't know where he stands. I suspected he'd be against it ideologically, but invested in it. And I said, what, mate, what's the go? What's your take on it? And he said, I will say this, that you read those stories of the old gold fever where the local publican would just leave the keys of the pub and race out to the gold fields to find his fortune. And just completely irrational decision-making. He said, that's exactly what it's like in the renewables industry. There's just all this money flowing into it. And um, global money too, just big money flowing into it. They just rip ripping up these solar farms and bloody wind farms everywhere. Yeah. And uh, there's um, numerous examples, Bobo, where they're trying, they'll go to switch it on. Um, well, certainly in the uh, Northwest group, they go to switch it on and then the whole grid collapses out there and they say, wow. oh, shit, let's go back and bloody, you know, they haven't even worked out all the networking with this. Um, it's just nuts. And then, you know, because in the name environment, we're doing all this and, one of lot, the few um, platypus habitats, we're going to completely demolish that around Mackay to build that. Yeah. What, what's just a battery to accommodate more renewables? Um, <laughs> it is just absolute madness associated with this. And um, crikey, it's going to, you know, of all the stupid things we've seen in government, we're going to look back in 10 years ago, my God, how do we even. How do we get to how this? How do we let anyone in? How do we get there? How do we let anyone in power? It was that yeah. ridiculous. It's unbelievable. It's a concern. <laughs> Quickly, Rob, and I, I, I won't hold you. Um, last week, the government <laughs> – oh, boy. The Palaszczuk <laughs> government has announced a landmark reform package to better support victims of crime and families. Now, <laughs> $200 million to enhance support for the victims of crime in Queensland. Well, that's all well and good. And this includes $185 million to increase financial assistance limits payable to victims. Now, the problem I have is <laughs> – this is the problem. You're in categories. So uh, a category A, currently 10,000, increases to 15,000. Category B goes from three and a half to nine. Category C goes from two to six. And a category D from one to three. Now, rightly so, they're going to help with funeral expenses, 8,000 to 15,000, increase distress payments from 10 to 15. Yeah. Do you know what? I am absolutely blown away by, one, the insensitivity of it, mm. two, who, who decides what category you're in? How, <laughs> yeah, how, how do you decide what, 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 what the victim's commissioner's office, is that right? So what do they know? How do they know? Like, and how do you assess somebody? Can you imagine this? Like, you go under an assessment. Once you've had some crime against you, you then get assessed whether or not you're deserving of money, please. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it fits perfectly in that framework. A lot Labor government in Queensland, like if you've got a problem, just throw money at it. Um, and I'll be honest, like we've called for small for businesses because all the businesses in uh, North Queensland that had to Mount Isaac Towns or Cairns are all putting expensive, um you know, what do you say, security stuff up in their windows yeah. and doors, some being smashed, you know, they need to be recompensed for that. So, um, you know, that was avoidable, but yep. um, but it's fair enough. But, 
mate, I, like, this is, <coughs> I mean, it, it, I don't know if you, you can't even, it, the, the facts that you said speak for themselves well enough that they're not changing the laws or the way they're doing anything. They're just going to um, sit back and try and um, kiss and cuddle people after they've been um, you know, invaded or bashed or stabbed or you know robbed of their car and their livelihood. They're just going to throw some money at them and hope uh, that wins it gets them through the election. So I don't know what else you can say about that. But um, geez, mate, I mean the stories just keep coming in and in the battlers that so mate, I, you know, I lost. I lost ten grand out of that, and I, I can't get anything back. That's my um, that's my car, or that's my livelihood, and um, and uh, two hundred million is not going to cover that. By the way, for all the people that the losses that they incur, but um, crikey, how are they just going? Makes himself feel better. Appreciate your time. You've got a busy week in Parliament. I really appreciate your time this morning, um, and I know how busy you are. So thanks so much for giving us some time. Great to chat, Dolly. Thanks, mate. Good on you, Robbie Catter. We'll take a break, come back. This is Rural Queensland today.